Welcome to Inspired by Faith, the program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. I'm Michelle Fanley, and I'm joined each program in the studio with my friend, Emily Jaminette. This is a show to help you be inspired by our Catholic faith, live out the gospel message, and deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope this show provides an uplifting 30 minutes to help refresh your soul and strengthen your faith. As it was born out of our friendship, we hope it encourages you to deepen and develop spiritual friendships with your sisters in Christ. Well, hello, Emily. Hello. So great to be here in studio on this sunny day. And we are excited to start talking about conference, the conference. You know, what I love about this program is I always leave inspired to live out my faith. And so we get to meet people locally and sometimes nationally and and vice versa. Internationally, we've done, you know... That as well. So it's it's just a gift to be here today. And today we are starting our special conference programming and fe- featuring our speakers for our 2024, February 17th, mark your calendar, CCWC. Uh, this is going to be, the big day this year is going to be focused on our theme of this wondrous gift, which is because we are in uh, the National Eucharistic Revival and getting ready for the big Eucharistic Congress this summer. So uh, part of the recommendations from the USCCB and from the, the revival team is to focus your men's and women's conferences on the Eucharist. So we're so excited that that is our theme this year. I love that. I love that, you know, we're really responding to a need in the church is to better articulate this truth of Jesus present in the Eucharist. So it's it's exciting. The men's, the women's conference, the Congress, you know, the parish revival programs, everything is focused on this one important theme. Yes. And today we are blessed to have our MC for the conference with us, Jennifer Rice. Jennifer is the Director of Missionary Discipleship at St. Brendan the Navigator in Hilliard, where she supports its culture of prayer, community and service. Jennifer started her path as a psychology and theater major, utilizing drama therapy in her work as a clinical social worker with women in prison, trauma survivors, and the grieving. Seeking a deeper knowledge of our faith to better support her clients, she completed a master's degree in theology, leading her to the role of pastoral associate pastoral associate at St. Brendan for eight years before her current role. Above and through all, Jennifer is a wife and mother of teenage triplet boys looking to our Blessed Mother for guidance and intercession and loving them all well. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you, and it's a pleasure to get to meet you and see all the amazing things you have going on over at St. Brendan's. Thank you. Yeah, we are busy over there. (laughs) But busy is good. But we'll talk about yeah. your busy article later in the show, which I will, Umbria, which is quite lovely. Thank you. Uh, so, Jennifer, tell us, we gave a little bit of a formal bio for you, but can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your faith journey? Well, sure. Um, I was born and raised in Toledo, actually, which was a wonderful place to grow up, great diocese. And I moved down here for college and grad school, and then I stayed, like so many people do. Um, so I met my husband, Grant, through young adult groups. I was at St. Peter's, and he was at the Newman Center, and we were married 21 years last week. So um, it's been really wonderful to work with him in ministry and side-by-side raising our family. Uh, it was interesting because it was a surprising intercession of Mary um, to be brought together with him. And then um, also when we were pregnant with triplets, that was a big surprise, but we had waited a long time. So our boys... They were little miracles. They were born just over 26 weeks gestation, and uh, their early years were really a true test of my faith. So a lot of my time now is them, because they're juniors at St. Charles, and we live in Hilliard, so I know that drive back and forth really, really well. 
um, and all of their activities because they're all very different. Um, but when I do have downtime, it's gardening, crafting, reading. I love coffee really sometimes too much. Um, so I try to find little things to, to fill the time. Um, my faith, I would say, you know, when you ask that question, you start going back to the beginning, right? I was raised Catholic and Catholic my whole life. And I think it's just like these little moments of encountering Christ and the church that really stand out to me. Like, um, I started as a lecturer in eighth grade for confirmation and kind of stayed with that for a while. And, you know, I have done different roles serving in the church, but I think about the encounter in high school in my retreat I went on at um, a Teens Encounter Christ at the Shrine in Cary, which is a dear place for me. Uh, and there was something about that moment where I knew for the first time, I think, who he was to me and how much he could heal and how much he um, has the power to, to change and to transform us. So that started it, and he's just been bringing it every <laughs> every new moment, whether that's hey, go dive deeper into scripture or um, use this in your next career or honestly, just last year, getting into adoration. I did not grow up with adoration. I don't know about you guys, but we we never really had it. So that's been um, just a gift to be able to spend time with him and go deeper with him in adoration and also um, Ignatian in um, contemplative prayer. That's kind of in a nutshell. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I know I I totally, um, with adoration, and I know you alluded a little bit to that. You wrote this beautiful article in your um, parish bulletin um, about your encounter um, at the shrine and also um, your love of adoration. So I know that's such a a powerful gift and you have that, you know, very present in your parish over at St. Brendan, um, lots of opportunities for that. But let's um, talk a little bit about your role there as uh, Director of Missionary Discipleship. So tell us exactly what that is, because some people that's, you know, it's kind of becoming a more common buzzword, you know, in new evangelization, missionary discipleship. But I think some people not might not be very familiar with that term. So tell me what that is and, and what you do. It's really funny because it's made up. We made up the title <laughs> and the position. Just like we made up this, my position and title 10 years ago for Pastoral Associative Care and Consolation. So Father Bob um, is very open to where we are, uh, wherever we are in the moment, to think about what do we need, where do we need to go. And so Missionary Discipleship um, it was originally going to be called Director of Mission, uh, and that came from some of the work we were doing um, for the parish uh, kind of evangelization toolkit. So I saw that position, I was like, hmm. What does that mean? And what it means is it's really just executing that mission and vision of the parish, uh, putting it into our culture, and we do that in three ways. We do that through prayer information, our community, and service. So I develop and facilitate all the adult programs and the events uh, with my team, and then create some themes and plans for the months and the years. But my main role is really just encouraging and supporting all of our ministries to live out that mission of making disciples. So they know what they're doing, right? They're the boots on the ground. They know how to serve. They know what makes their ministry work. And we just need to support them and encourage them and be able to do that within that larger framework. So um, we actually have a three-year roadmap at St. Brendan, and it follows the Eucharistic Revival ideas. 
and it makes them, uh, they tweak them for St. Brendan. So we started with the year of prayer, with teaching people how to pray, and now we're in that parish revival year like everybody else uh, and doing all kinds of things around that. Jennifer, thanks for joining us. And, you know, again, we're just so excited about your yes to your parish, your yes to getting involved, helping with the Women's Conference. And, you know, maybe you could share with your listeners if, if this is new, right? Like that idea of you're really jumped, you've jumped in with two feet. You know, what's what's a recommendation? What's something that you've seen, a program you've seen, a step you've seen in, in those around you that, you know, it was like, okay, this is this is a good place to start? Because I think a lot of times people don't know, you know, where to begin in, in the parish life, how to get plugged in. I think it's looking in your in the bulletin and looking around at what's what's happening and what what feels like would be the next step. So I think what's really been appealing to a lot of our parishioners is the small group setting where they can come and learn and be with other women or men or parishioners and just um, get to know people and get to know their faith and themselves even more. So that's always a, it's nice to have something that's common to bring everyone together and then you can go forth from there. We often see them move into other ministries from those small group um, programs, like Rescue Projects we did last spring. We had about 230 people go through that over a few sessions. And from that came a lot of fruit of wanting to serve in another way and getting more connected with uh, the community. That's awesome. That's a great, such a fantastic program, the Rescue Project. And as I said, like getting involved in the small groups, whether it's Walking with Purpose for Women or just another Bible study um, and getting to meet other women. I think so many women crave that community right at the parish. And because sometimes mass, you know, you're in, you're out and you don't really connect with anybody, but getting to know other people at your parish is a huge, you know, benefit of having that someone to walk with you on that journey as you're growing in your faith and learning to learning to love the Lord more with a friend by your side. So it's so important to have those small groups and also, you know, events like let's talk about the women's conference. So have you seen that? How have you seen that played out in your parish um, groups of women going together to a day like these? And um, how did days like these impact your spiritual life? I love the women's conference. I will tell you right now, this is going to surprise everybody, but I'm actually an introvert and I hate crowds. But the women's conference is an exception to that because bringing everyone together 3,000 women or more under one roof, the energy is incredible. And I've been a parish captain for several years and brought women to the conference and all of us sitting together and praying together and just spending that time really at the feet of Jesus. You know, we get to be Mary for a day instead of the running around Martha. And that time is invaluable. And then we, we get to connect with each other. You know, when we are, you're right, passing uh, after Mass, wrangling kids, trying to get to our next thing, we don't always have time to just be together and connect with one another. And this conference between the speakers and adoration, which is my absolute favorite there, it's just a beautiful time to be women and to celebrate who we are in our sisterhood and to support one another on this journey. And taking women for your parish, have you seen them come back and then like Rescue Project and other things like then kind of get more involved after they've gone together? They do. Yes. Yes. We see new faces in our small group programs 
because it's a great time. You know, those of us who have been here there a while will invite, hey, you know, if you really enjoyed this, we're doing this next, please come along. And I think that that personal invitation is vital. You know, we can put all we want into the bulletin, but until we invite a woman to come to the conference or invite a woman to our small group or just go out for a cup of coffee, that's what works. That's what clicks. You know, we had our first conference meeting last month, and one of the women said at our meeting, she said, I first started volunteering for the women's conference because I didn't want to go and have to sit by myself. And I thought, wow, right? Like so many women want to encounter this day, but they don't want to go by themselves. So it's so beautiful when parishes go together and say, hey, come on, we're going to carpool or you can come sit with us. Just get your table, you know, get your ticket and we'll. And so I think that's such an important thing that so many people want to have this, but they don't want to go by themselves. Yes, and we do offer that. We said, let's carpool. We're going to meet, you know, at 630 in the morning and drive. And last year we had this huge St. Brendan Women banner that we put up until Mass started so people would know where we were and would come and find us. Uh, So we really tried to get our women there. And what would you say to someone who's like on the fence, like, I don't know, I'm like not holy enough to go to a day like this. (laughs) What would you say to a woman in your parish who said that to you? I would say, come as you are. I mean, come and see. Jesus wants you there. We want you there. You can be at any place in your journey. There is something at that conference for every single woman, whether you're new to the faith, even if you're not in the faith. You know, I've seen people bring their friends who are not Catholic. Just the just the opportunity to be in that environment and the spirit is moving. You are not immune to it. So I would definitely encourage you to give it a try and they'll be pleasantly surprised, I think. Well, what I'm excited about, Jennifer, is for you to, you know, walk with us, you know, because a lot of times the MC role, you know, it's it's neat to have a local person, you know, step into this role and assist us. And, and um, you know, your your friendly voice goes a long way. And I think as we start preparing for the conference, you know, who on our hearts should we be praying for that we, we anticipate we want to bring them along? Because a lot of times, you know, it, all of a sudden it's February and we forget to ask our friends and they're like, oh, I, you know, I, I have this planned, I have that planned, but really now's the time to start planting those seeds and, and know that, you know, you're going to be walking with us and, and even just a local, you know, community kind of coming together and having this mighty, mighty experience with God. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I was, um, I was floored when I was asked to be the MC. I was not expecting that in any way at all. So I literally started bawling because it's just such a beautiful experience to be able to to walk with the women and walk through the day and just kind of be the guide. You know, um, it's I like the behind the scenes stuff. I like to be out front a little bit, but I really like walking alongside people. And this is what I'll get to do with this role. And that's exactly what missionary discipleship is, right? Like yeah. walking alongside brothers and sisters in Christ and growing in your faith. And that's just so beautiful. So beautiful that you do that for your for your everyday job. And I'm so we're so pleased that you're, you're both serving as our MC for this year's conference. And I think that, you know, you wrote this article about busyness. And I think that is one of the things like this has been on my heart a lot that we have mm-hmm. so over busied our life that to think about doing a day like this, the women's conference, a whole day might seem overwhelming to people. But, you know, how important it is, you know, and you shared a little bit about this, and I like to set aside time to grow mm-hmm. in your faith and to rest in Christ. Yes. 
we it's essential. You know, I think it was. Uh, I think St. Francis de Sales said, you know, when you're busy, you need more than just a half hour. You need a whole holy hour, right? Because we are so overwhelmed as wives, as mothers, as daughters, as workers in the vineyard. And we are so good at saying yes. That is part of our feminine genius is we say yes and we serve. But we are not good at saying no. And we're not good at just, again, sitting with Jesus at his feet and listening to what he has to say and letting him Fill us, And so it's important to take a day for a conference. It's important to take a, a day for a retreat or a little pilgrimage. But it's also important to work that into your everyday and work that into your week. You know, my holy hour, again, it's new to me over the last year. But, oh, my gosh, I don't know that I could do what I do without that. Sometimes I'll just go in there and I swear I almost fall asleep because I'm such at peace with the Lord. And He knows that rather than doing a long litany of prayers, sometimes I just need to sit and rest and let him fill me back up. Absolutely. I know I feel the same. We um, did not for many years have Eucharistic Adoration at my parish and have recently started integrating it back in. And while it's limited, I always make sure, like the one evening hour we have, that that is a priority on my calendar. And if I have to shift things around with my kids or say no to something, like that is a no well worth saying because that time to do do adoration or I, you know, set an extra mass a week or two masses a week. Like those times are what really fill you when you're trying to live out life in the, in the world, which is pretty anti-Christian these days. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the fuel that we need. That's the, that's the energy that we receive to go out and do the mission that he's called us to do. We cannot do it without prayer. I mean, everything that we've done that I've done in my roles, it comes only from him. And really letting the Holy Spirit guide and plan, because it's not me. I don't care how many degrees you have, how much experience you have. At the end of the day, the Lord is leading. And if we let Him lead, we can do incredible things. We just have to let Him. We have to get out of His way. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so, you're, you're just talking about such an important topic, because we are so busy as a society. But yet, when I brought this to prayer, the Lord's like, it's a rich, full life. You know, yeah. and that's one way to even reframe how, like, you know, like Michelle said, how are we setting up our life? How are we doing things? Thank you, Lord, for this rich, full life. And now I need time to water the soul. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you that if you, starting with our Sundays, you know, if Sundays are a holy day, a day of rest and renewal, a day of, of just recharging, and then having these these stop points throughout our week, we will be able to allow our light to shine to others and most importantly, to our family. So as you mentioned, the, the many hats we all wear. Yes, we want to be an example in the parish. Yes, we want to put on great events. But we also want to make sure we're not running on spiritual emptiness. Right, because then you can't do anything well. And we've all been there, right? We've learned that where we, we were doing all these things and we're exhausted. And then we're not able to be fully present. And that was in the beginning of the article. I said that just, you know, People keep saying to me, oh, I know you're busy. Oh, I know you're so busy, but, and I said, oh, boy, that means I'm coming off as stressed, and I need to stop and take a, a moment and, and be with the Lord and have that peace. Sometimes during the day, I'll just even stop and pray, Lord, just bring me your peace. Bring, breathe that peace into me um, just to go on to the next thing. 
Absolutely. I'd love to, you You put a quote in here by Blessed Carlo Acutis, and you said, when we face the sun, we become tan, but when we place ourselves in front of the Eucharistic Jesus, we become saints. And I think that's such a beautiful quote to think about sitting in adoration and just letting, no matter what your, your, tri- your mind is doing right, like the Eucharist is just shining on us and like seeping in all those little cracks, I feel like in your soul and in just infusing you with beautiful graces. So that, that was just a beautiful quote. It was, it was, I was so great to find that. There's so many great little books on the Eucharist this year that they send us with stories and quotes like that and questions and answers. So um, it was, that was a gem <laughs> for sure. <laughs> A great saint, one of the patrons of the Eucharistic Revival. Are you going to the Revival? I guess I should ask. Are you going to go into the Congress? I am back and forth. I will tell you why. So my boys are going to be seniors next year. And so that's kind of our last summer. (laughs) So so to be honest, it will depend a lot on what is going on. And if they're going three different directions, we just don't know. I I can't even think about it. I'm in such denial. (laughs) Well, we know, Emily and I know, we have had boys graduate from St. Charles. We know the feeling, but um, it is such an exciting time in our church. Um, And with, like I said, the conference coming here and focusing on the Eucharist and the men's conference will be focusing on the Eucharist, just so many good things I think will be Mm -hmm. happening here in our diocese here with that going on. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, we get to be a light to others, you know, as you talk about raising the three boys in your article and we think about how our vocation isn't something, you know, it's, it's meant to be integrated with the faith. And I think that the women's conference highlights the gift of all these different ages and stages of women coming together to be renewed and refocused. And so, you know, when, when we take the time to plug in, you know, there are so many great opportunities, especially to something um, this energetic, this um, impactful, we, we definitely leave um, a different person. And Michelle and I, we've been doing this a long time. We look a little older. <laughs> we've got our readers no, on this year. I know, Michelle's got these awesome readers. I'm like, what's going on? I'm the one who always is wearing glasses. Like now she's got their readers on. But, you know, we, we have that opportunity each year to take baby steps, right? Baby steps. And I always love to say, you know, the Lord's gentle. He's good. He's gentle. He's kind. He He wants to work with us where we're at, like you said, you know, but... We have to be real enough to say it's time to put the readers on. It's time, time to go back to church. It's time to read on that teaching that was hard for me. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think women's ministry that sometimes keeps women away from it is because they're worried about that vulnerability. But I will tell you that being around all those generations and all that wisdom, we have people from eighteen to like I don't know eighty in our in our groups right now. It's so so life giving. And if you just let down that mask and just be who you are and where you are, someone is going to love you. And you just sometimes just need to be loved. Absolutely. And that's what we hope that you find at the Catholic Women's Conference this year. Just a friend, a sister in Christ, someone to be with, someone to sing with, to hear just the beautiful talks, to shop with, to have lunch with. Like we know it's such a great day of sisterhood. So we're so excited for February 17th. Mark your calendar, save the date and think of the friend you want to bring along. Well, Jennifer, we are so grateful that you joined us today and we are so looking forward to having you as our MC for the 2024 Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. Hey, thank you so much. All right, God bless. We'll be in touch. Thank you, you too. All right, bye. I know it's so exciting to actually start talking about 
the conference. And it it's going to come fast. It always does. It feels like it's so far away. You know, and it's important to understand that these are other women giving up their weekend. You know, I'm telling you, the amount of work Jennifer is going to do for us is tremendous, just like our volunteer team, just like those who take on these roles. Like, it's it's powered by women of faith that want to give you a beautiful experience. All you have to do is receive it. It's it's pretty amazing, honestly. It is amazing. I'm going to tell everyone, in case you haven't checked out our website, which is up, updated, ColumbusCatholicWomen.com, our other speakers this year are Heather Kim, who's the co-host of Abiding Together podcast, Father John Burns. He's the priest of the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and one of the 50 Eucharistic preachers for the nat- National Eucharistic Revival. Claire Dwyer, the author of This Present Paradise. Father Anastas is at associate chaplain at St. John Paul II Newman Center and University of Illinois, and also a Eucharistic preacher. And we will be having um, Archbishop Broglio will be there instead of um, Bishop Fernandez. Unfortunately, won't be able to join us, but he's found a wonderful bishop to be there with us. He is the Archbishop for the Military Services of the United States and president of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. And Marie Miller will be our musician for the day. So we have a really incredible lineup all set up. You know, mark your calendar. That's all I have to say. Start talking to your husband. You know, make sure you let the sports coaches know, like, I can't keep score on that basketball day because this this is too important. Yeah, absolutely. You have to set it aside make the arrangements. This is a special day for you. It's like for me, it's for Christmas. It's Christmas, right? It's a day of special grace and blessings. So um, it's something you don't want to miss. And oftentimes, many of us all go to reconciliation. So yes, we, we leave with a little bit shinier soul. Absolutely. As, uh, There's so many fabulous opportunities yeah. for grace that day. So many opportunities. It's such a, such a gift. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad we're talking about it. And hopefully, um, you know, my challenge to everyone is Just plant the seed. One more soul. Just plant the seed after listening to this podcast. Absolutely. Well, let's close in prayer today, Emily. All right. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus Christ, you send your disciples on mission to make God's love and mercy known. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon me so that I may go forth as your missionary disciple, reflecting God's love in the world and speaking the name of Jesus to others. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you all so much for joining us for this episode of Inspired by Faith. We hope you are blessed and inspired by this episode. To find out more about the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference, visit ColumbusCatholicWomen.com. And to hear more about Emily and my work, be sure to check out InspireTheFaith.com. <laughs>